Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Jack Farmer, his name is Justin Labar, his name is Jimmy Corderas, and this is the Wrestling Inc. Monday Night Raw after show, and have we got a good one for you. We've got Otis getting a modeling deal going. We've got Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns throwing down on the mic, and we've got a whole bunch of news that I think... It, this panel is going to be very excited to chat about. But before we get into all that, Jimmy, how are you doing today? Any fun news? Uh, nothing we'll talk about except for the news we're going to talk about later. But uh, other than that, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, interesting. We're on the road to WrestleMania and can't wait. On the road to WrestleMania. And what a fun road it's been. Justin mm -hmm. Labar, how, how are you doing this evening as we wait for everyone to settle in and find their seats? I'm anxiously awaiting for the WWE Hall of Fame to expand and start inducting podcasters each year. I think they should they should have a podcast wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, who would introduce? Who would induct? I guess Raj would probably have to do 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 mine. But what, Justin, who would your who would induct you if you got into the Hall of Fame as a podcaster? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> it's never gonna happen. Uh, no, but I, I don't know. I, I'm 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 good. We're uh, I love this time of year. I love when we're we're this close to mania. You can you can smell it. I uh, I, I I usually watch like one mania in a mania season. So the other day I, I put on 18, which I know that's a very popular one, but I haven't watched it actually in years. I watched mm -hmm. you know, a good bulk of it. So um, yeah, I love this time of year. This is such a fun time of year to be a wrestling fan. And speaking of uh, just. What a fun time. We've got a fun group of people in the chat. But before we get to the roll call, of course, everyone's got to like, comment, share, subscribe. Again, just copy the link, throw it into social media and say, hey, everyone, join me for a fun chat about pro wrestling and see who shows up. We'll get a big party going here. But we got news to get to. I I have to talk about this. I'm it, As soon as the news broke, I knew I had to talk about it. And I've been waiting for this moment to talk about it. Of course, we're talking about the Hall of Fame. And the first thing I want to talk about is WWE Hall of Famer Goldberg. His, his contract expired. I think that's what a lot of people are thinking about right now when it comes to the WWE Hall of Fame. He's a free agent. Uh, and I guess that means he could go anywhere. Jimmy, hmm. uh, do you expect to see Goldberg anywhere? Um. Hey, it wouldn't surprise me. Let me put it this way. Goldberg, yeah, does he love the business? I guess he loves the money he can make in this business. And there are opportunities out there outside of WWE now, especially with that other company, which was mentioned tonight on television. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. We'll save that mm -hmm. for later. But yes, it, what I find interesting, though, is that if for, there was a rumor out there that there was interest in him from AEW, and if he were to go there, I could just see the fans there now saying, oh, what a great grab when, you know, all those years they were uh, anti-Goldberg, for mm -hmm. lack of a better term, saying, hey, come on, he's he's done. He's, you know, he's old school. We don't need him. Now, all of a sudden, he's part of AEW. I could see them turning the page and going, hey, you know what? That's a great grab. Hall of Famer. It's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny how we as wrestling fans will pick and choose who's a great depending on, uh, what they're doing and who they are, you know, because uh, I love Goldberg, by the way. I'm a big Goldberg fan. I liked him in WCW. I liked him in WWE. I'd be happy wherever he goes. Justin, do you think that we have a chance to see Goldberg 
somewhere else? Do you think he's just going to sign another contract when necessary? What do you predict the future of Goldberg is? Uh, I could see him signing some other deal that maybe had a match or two involved in it, but it also had some type of, if it was pitched on the right way, some type of merchandising or licensing deal or, or something. Uh, I guess maybe similar to what we saw with Sting when, when since Sting has arrived in AEW. And AEW really would be the only option. I, I, I know New Japan and some other international companies would have the bankroll to uh, meet Goldberg's payday, but I don't see that. I, I think I think AEW would be the only place in, in, in North America that, that, that has the money and would do it. Um, you know, there's some synergy there. Goldberg obviously made his name on TNT and TBS in the 90s, so bringing him back there. Again, much just the same kind of story as Sting. Um, there was, a, I know for a fact, there was interest from AEW in Goldberg uh, several years ago before Goldberg, I guess, got back into whatever deal he just finished up with WWE. If I'm AEW, I, I think, you know, I think as Jimmy was talking about the fans, I think you kind of have to read the room and say, look, even if Goldberg gets a pop the first time or two, he's out there out of sure out of just sheer shock. The AEW fan base doesn't seem like they're the Goldberg, the traditional Goldberg fan. And you know what I mean? Like I, I could I could see the AEW fan base want to revolt against Goldberg that he's he's not the style or the representation they want of pro wrestling today. So I would lean into that if Goldberg, you know, if, if Goldberg, everybody was on board for creative, you know, I don't see the benefit of Goldberg in the ring with the Kenny Omega or somebody like that that works a kind of style that's so that's so fast and so so layered if i was AEW, and if you made the investment to have goldberg for a match or two and then maybe some other outside stuff that you do with them build up one of your big guys it, it, take a hobbs take a wardlow uh who of course had the the wardlow back again when the light mm -hmm. was in the bottle you know take somebody like that and and let a goldberg come in and let a goldberg you know basically it, it kind of almost in a little bit how they've evolved to the women's storyline with the outcast let him come in and almost Look like he's going to hamper uh, an AEW homegrown and let Goldberg be a heel. That would be a, a wild booking of a 50 something year old Goldberg to bring him in purposely as a heel. But I think it would be the most fitting to the audience of that is AEW if you align the right up and coming Goldberg light baby face. Um, so that, that would be my fantasy booking on a whim if they did it. And I don't think that's out of the question. It's all, it's, it's going to come, it's going to come down to the zeros. It's going to come down to is it just one match? Is it a match plus? merchandise is it a match plus merchandise plus you're doing jericho's cruise is it a match but maybe you're doing maybe maybe you're doing maybe maybe goldberg does a podcast on AEW, you know because AEW has their podcast they do maybe they sign up for a podcast deal because he hasn't done a podcast ever before so i think there'd be things to explore of what could you do with him to keep him under your umbrella but i wouldn't expect more than a handful of matches at most and i also don't i agree i don't think you'd want to see goldberg every week or doing a whole bunch of stuff. But I agree with you, Justin. I think if he came in and acted similar to the outcast, like I'm the big guy who runs over people from the big company and I'm going to run over all these guys. Maybe even if you did give him a few matches, have him run over some of the smaller guys that uh, maybe don't get a whole lot of TV time just to really rub that in. And that's when you have a Wardlow say, Hey, you ran over them, but you're not running over me, pal. And then if, if a Goldberg match can't pop a Friday rampage number, just pack the show in. There you go. <laughs> That's actually that's a very fair point. Again, I, I'm a self-proclaimed lover of Bill Goldberg, though. Me and my pal uh, James Kincaid, we call him Box Office Bill. So I, <laughs> I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him anywhere. But um, and I, I, if I if I may just really quickly interject, not only pop a, a big Friday night rampage number, but it, we need to pop a Wednesday night number as well. Yeah. 
we need to pump every number. Really. Yeah, Why not? Sure. Um, we, I want to give a quick shout out, by the way, uh, to, um, uh, Ethan Cruz and Cindric Cruz, by the way, uh, for coming through says Ethan Cruz sent me the link and said, come talk wrestling with you guys. Shout out to him. Yes. Shout out to friend of the show, Ethan Cruz. Thank you so much for sharing the show. Referrals uh, are welcome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but look, I, I was kind of playing fun, obviously, um, when I started this because I was talking about the Hall of Fame thing. But news broke today, Jimmy, and I'm sure that you've heard a lot about this. Your phone probably blew up. Everyone's probably asking you questions all about this. Uh, <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame Class 2023 is adding Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, uh, who is a huge part of pro wrestling history, uh, is going in. I think this is well-deserved, and I love it. Uh, Jimmy, your thoughts on Andy Kaufman? No. See, for someone who was a tape trader back in the day, VHS tapes, for those who don't know, was how we used to watch wrestling (laughs) from other territories. We used to get them shipped in. And and when he did his stuff with Jerry Lawler down in, in, in Memphis area, my goodness, the great stuff! He, and and Jerry was a uh, uh, Jerry was a big fan of Kaufman's, and Kaufman was a huge wrestling fan. And getting to play off of uh, Jerry Lawler the way he did, and and the interactions they had, he was just a natural. He loved this business, believe it or not, and he understood mm-hmm. it. Be, and he also had people questioning because you know always in the back of people's minds, oh yes, this is all predetermined, oh good, blah blah blah, but he had people questioning and it's just too bad that we lost him prior to the big explosion in WWF at the time, you know, the WrestleMania thing. Can you imagine? He would have loved to have been a part of that. And, you know, having someone of his celebrity status associated with it, you know, could have possibly brought in even more fans or either that or have people questioning, Hey, what's Kaufman doing? What does he think? But at the same time, you know, it, it, it would have been so interesting to see what he would have done back in those days if he was around for that era. And uh, I think it's a, it's an interesting move because he didn't really have a career in WWF slash WWE with this company. But at the same time, they are recognizing people from the industry in it, like with the, you know, with uh, the Muda coming in as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that, you, you know, people talk about forbidden doors. I like that, that at least the Forbidden Hall of Fame door is opening a little bit, too. Yeah, and it should be, I think. As, as we said before, I think making the WWE Hall of Fame more of a wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, but Justin, Andy Kaufman, uh, uh, talk about how famous he is or, or how fa- well he was known. Is uh, I know my dad was never a pro wrestling fan, not into it. But he knew all about Andy Kaufman being involved in pro wrestling. And a buddy of mine who never watches pro wrestling, in fact, if anything, mocks me for my fandom of pro wrestling, he sent me the news sto- news story. Hey, look, he, Andy Kaufman's going into the Hall of Fame. That's cool. Uh, and I try to tell him, I think that Andy Kaufman, in a lot of ways, understood wrestling better than a lot of people who think they understand pro wrestling uh, based on how he handled himself. Justin, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, this is well deserved. I mean, they've WWE's had a celebrity wing for many years, um, but and 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 a lot of times in 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 our history, we look back at WWE and sports entertainment. You know, we mark 1985 WrestleMania one as really the you know 8045 the start of you know the MTV the Rock and WrestleMania. But but no, Andy was before that. You know, the as as Jimmy alluded to, the business uh, that Andy and Jerry Lawler did in 1982 
with the first with the, with the promos and then the first match of the you know the pile driver and Andy being uh, hospitalized and they go on Letterman a couple months later and then they had a bunch of follow ups after that because it was just they just they kept printing money um, that was huge in eighty two and you know I mean, that's two years before you know wrestle two and a half years before WrestleMania is a thing and, and Jimmy's right you know uh, Andy actually died two years later died in eighty four so it's it, it, tragic ended up dying of a, of a, of a, of a I think a rare cancer because had he still had he still been alive, he absolutely would have been picked up by Vince Jr. to be part. If, if not WrestleMania one, it would have been one of the early ones. He would have, you know, because it would just would have been a no brainer of what he did for business in the Memphis territory. Vince putting him in Madison Square Garden, um, you know, it, it, you know, on a pay per view uh, model, like oh my god. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's absolutely fitting that he gets put in. And for those out there uh, watching, listening to this podcast, if, if if you've heard about Kaufman or you've heard about this, maybe you don't maybe have full context. It obviously doesn't it doesn't go you know it's only a, a very it's only a, a brief portion, relatively speaking, of the movie. It doesn't dive into again all the rematches and all the promos and everything that he did in wrestling with Lawler. But if you watch the the late '90s um, movie uh, Man on the Moon, uh, which stars Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman and, and Lawler's in it and. Jim Ross plays Lance Russell. Uh, it does give you a good con- – it's, it's an entertaining movie, but it also gives you a good context of who Kaufman was, how ahead of his time he was, and how all of his act – he hated to be called a comedian. He hated the thought of sitcoms. His whole act was predicated around making people constantly question, not making them laugh, but making them feel something. Maybe it's a laughter. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's sadness. He wanted to always have you questioning, and, it, and it's – pro wrestling is the perfect art form – to apply all that to, uh, to keep people guessing the, the illusion of what's real. Where does the, where does the real stop? Where does the, 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 the fake begin? So, uh, it, just my recommendation, if you get a chance on any of your streaming services, find man on the moon. It's a really, really well done film. I think it was nominated for best picture. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Even if you're not watching it for the rest, it's just a good movie. And yeah, the thing about, I would say the thing I always loved about Andy Kaufman, as far as the wrestling is he totally understood that you, I think so many celebrities, we see it now even, if they want to be involved in wrestling, they want to look like stars and they're great. But he was like, no, I want to be the person everyone wants to see get pile-driven by uh, Jerry Lawler. And he was so good at it, too. It just The whole idea he starts with wanting to fight women and all this other stuff, it was just... It was just great. Like you wanted to see him get punched the whole time. He was just so good at it and really understood about the psychology of just getting into people... Yeah, if it was pay per view model at the time, people people would have paid tons to see him get beat up. Yeah, I'll great. be interested. I mean, I'm obviously induction wise, I mean, you could have if 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 Lawler can do it, that would be an option mm-hmm. for induction. Or Bill Apter, who who was instrumental and in, in kind of bridging Andy into the wrestling world. But I'll be curious of who accepts the award on his behalf. I don't know uh, who or what of Andy's family, or I know mm-hmm. his again. It's, it's the movie, his partner in crime creatively. And who was who was the ref for a lot of his intergender matches was, was his friend Bob Zamuda, who I think is still alive. I don't know, like I don't know if he would accept it because he'd be the, probably the one that could speak the most to Andy's time in, in terms of you know he was the one guy that was allowed behind the closed doors with Andy and the axe. So I'll be really interested to see uh, who 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 accepts the award for for Kaufman. He, he would be the logical choice, I think, very much so. Uh, can you imagine a surprise where Jim Carrey actually accepts it for him? <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, especially considering that, like, you know, it's been well documented that Jim Carrey, who stayed like super in character that whole filming, he and Lawler legit kind of clashed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Zamuda, according to Google, Zamuda is still alive, seventy-three years old. Uh, so, cool. 
Um, yeah, so very, very cool to see see Andy Kaufman going mm-hmm. in. Um, now, we saw, I see a, a note here. Chris went with an interesting comment here. Uh, oops, it moved before I could click it. Uh, Chris went with an interesting comment here about referees. And, and it's funny because mm-hmm. uh, there was actually a report today, uh, PW Insider, uh, and that there's been, they're reporting that there's been talk of introducing a referee into the WWE hall of fame. Now they didn't mention anybody, but, but you know, Jimmy, I have to ask, uh, where are you going to be on, on March 29th? Um, as of right now, I'm going to be here with at least Justin, because I, you're, I, if you're going to be in LA, uh, I'll be here on wrestling Inc post WrestleMania nights, one and two covering the event as of, as of right now, at least I haven't been contacted yet, so I can't, I don't know, but, uh, if they are inducting a referee into the Hall of Fame, that would be awesome. And, you know, obviously I've been inundated with, hey, who would you put in first? Who would be your first choice going in? There are so many talented referees uh, and, and great mentors that I had to deal with. Um, but on a personal level, my thought would be a two-four, a two-four, so, mm-hmm. so, so to speak. The twin brothers, David yeah. and Earl Hebner. I mean, they were instrumental in that twin referee angle and the whole bit like that. And I know people are saying, well, you keep talking about referees not being a focal point and being, you know, in the background and stuff like that. And I do agree with that, but they are also an instrumental part of telling the story in a match and helping the talent tell their match. And a good referee goes unnoticed in doing so. And David and Earl Hebner were masters at it. And Again, bringing them to the forefront with that twin referee angle was so awesome. You can also make a case for people like Timmy White. Uh, there's just so many names across the board, you know, like even going back since they're looking outside, uh, Tommy Young, mm-hmm. guys like that. But uh, if it was my choice, and and it's no disrespect to any other Stripe shirt, brothers and Stripes or sisters and Stripes out there, it would be Dave and Earl in a two-for-one kind of deal. Uh J- uh, Justin, do you do you buy this guy his his story? Uh, do, do you do you buy this? Well, I guess I'll find out when I'm uh, <laughs> when I when I don't when he doesn't show up to the podcast. Uh, well, look, look. First off, if um, if they are going to do this, that's awesome. Uh, I you know I know I among many others have long said that the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, if if they, if they have expanded it, they've have they've had a celebrity wing several years ago. They did the Warrior Award. Uh, which is all fine. I don't mind. I, I don't mind because pro wrestling is not just the talent in the ring. It's not just the wrestler. So I don't mind expanding out. Um, I think adding the ref- I mean, the referees are instrumental. The, yes, they have to be this, the, the 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 invisible third man or, or woman. But you know, if, if if they're not doing their job well, that can really tear down the the the, the uh, obviously Jimmy can speak to. Uh, so I think adding the referees in there is great. I, I mean, I would love it for others, uh, even if it's not as sexy of a thing, whether it's people in production. Good God, Jim Johnston, for all the years of all the music he's created, all the classics that still get blared in stadiums and arenas, hockey games and football. I mean, like, because, again, pro wrestling is more than just those talents. So I, I think it's good if they are moving in this direction. And if they are, if they if referees being inducted is 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 become somewhat of a regular or bi regular thing, Jimmy inevitably will go in. Uh, I, I can see his case for mm-hmm. the Hebner brothers. I, I mean, I, I would also. I mean, I think Joey Morello would be one they could put in there. The late Joey Morello and also the late Timmy White. I think Timmy, you know, um, a, a guy who really good ref. He got injured on the job that that ended his his refing career. Believe in a Hell in a Cell match. 
Um, and, he, and even though this wasn't his refereeing duties, but he was just such a part of the business, obviously, as being Andre's handler. I, I just think that he would be somebody fitting that you'd put in um, for his contributions to the business, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. So uh, lot, you know, lots of options. Uh, and, you know, Mike Kyoto, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Doan. I mean, you, you look at the core of, of Jimmy's colleagues in the 90s. Uh, between you know Earl, who was obviously Earl, got every main event, you know, for especially in that sweet period, he got every main event. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Earl, you look at Jimmy, you look at Jack Doan, you look at Kyoto, you look at Tim White, um, Charles. What he did? Well, later yeah. comes Charles Robinson. Uh, Chad Patton comes in later. Um, you know, I mean, there's there's just there's so many that were so good. Um, again, they all all of you deserve to be in at some point, which that's again all the more reason why it makes sense to have a category because you have enough candidates to consistently put it in there but um yeah i mean this is just good if, if they in fact do this this is really good for uh for the hall of fame yes and and really quickly here just to let everybody know that some people are saying well there is a referee in the hall of fame teddy long but teddy long wasn't specifically a referee he became a referee but he was also a general manager a manager of talent he, teddy's in the hall of fame for being multifaceted let's put it that way yeah um and yeah to justin's point when you look at other like other awards things like the Oscars or whatever, they give awards to people who aren't actors and actresses. You know, mm-hmm. there's people who are backstage that do things. They give awards for sound design and stuff like that. So I think it's fair to to give those awards to people who had such an impact on uh, on an industry. My my good friend Evan Mack always says, uh, "Someone if you can't tell the story without them being involved, then." Yeah. You you should put them in, and I think there are so many referees and other positions. Justin, to your point, that you really can't tell the story without them. And mm-hmm. yeah, we can say that the referee is the invisible third man, but they're such a big part of it in so many ways uh, that you you should add them in. I, I think ring announcers, I think commentary, I think there's just a lot of people who are such a big part of the show that mm-hmm. add so much value to it. But yeah, I I really hope they start adding referees and Jimmy um, if you're not there on March 29th in Los Angeles, <laughs> then uh, I'm sure it'll be one of these shows that, that it'll happen. It should, it should be one way or the other. Uh, you go in there. But. And, and I, and I rattled off WWE refs, but let's not, you know, let's not ignore oh, Nick, some, yeah. Nick, Nick Patrick, Randy Travis, um, uh, Mark Curtis, um, you know some yeah. other really good refs that, that never oh, really yeah. got that never were in WWE, but they, whether they're in WCW or they were Smoky Mountain or other territories, mm-hmm. you know. So again, it, just to the point, that absolutely, this should be a category that gets opened up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, Droy J says Jimmy or we riot. <laughs> oh, thank you, but uh, save it. Save, save the riot. Yeah. Just pocket that riot until another time. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, you definitely should should happen for you. Save the riot for when Omas beats Brock. Just save your riot. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh my god, that'll be the most. With all respect to Omas, that'll be the most quiet that building has been. I think everyone be, huh? But hey, 10, 10 million people. I know we get to ten million people watch that video last week. That's pretty damn impressive. <laughs> So uh, let's get into the show. But before we do, uh, I always like to thank everyone who's in the chat. Ethan Cruz has all, already brought in some business here. We're going to get you a sponsor, Ethan, for bringing in uh, people. Uh, Bernie DC, Baxter, Mike Martin, Jeroy J, uh, Matthew Tech, uh, Cindric Cruz. 
Cindric Cruz, are you both Cruises, Ethan and Cindric? Uh, hmm. But uh, Jeffrey Sullivan, George Bartley, Tina Miller, friend of the show with the double hearts back at you. Uh, Stephen Case and Mike Rouse. M-, M. Rouse in the house. You're messing me up with a name change. Uh, Le- Leonard Jones and ba- Baby Ice, by the way, I like you called out NWO Nick Patrick. Hmm. Not hmm. regular Nick Patrick. NWO Nick Patrick, a Doom Tribe, and so many more. So that, uh, does that mean we get Little Nate instead of uh, Charles Robinson? Yes, yeah. Charles yeah. Robinson is not sh- going in. He shaved his head. He can't come out as a Little Nate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we also got, of course, uh, Ricky Zook, uh, Rocky, and Elizabeth Rabe in the chat as well. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep keep on keep on trucking. Thank you guys so much for being the show uh, and being a part of it. Uh, I got a couple super chats before we get going and just to sort of um, kick this off because it's, it's about Cody, but I don't want these guys to wait forever for their, their uh, thing here. We got best in the smokers world with a chat saying what a difference a year makes for Cody Rhodes. It was an amazing promo and it definitely sold me on the main event tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all agree with that. I I'm going to mm-hmm. gush about that by the way. So get, get ready for that. And uh, Fly Eagles says, this one's to you, Justin. Justin, you mentioned Cody was calling his shot. Feel it's an error since he's losing. He did it versus Y2J and AEW, and the fans stopped believing in him. Hmm. Bit of an assumption baked into there, but uh, what say you? I mean, I have not made my official WrestleMania predictions on the air. I was going to kind of probably wait till like (laughs) next Monday or something. Mm -hmm. But uh, brother, I don't think Cody's losing. So, uh, I mean, he's, yeah, he's calling the shot, but I don't think he's losing now. Look, it's never official until it happens on TV and it's wrestling. Anything can happen. Anything can change. But uh, if, if all things stay the status quo between now and then, meaning injuries, politics, some crazy out of left field signing or departure, I think April 2nd, WrestleMania is ending with Cody Rhodes standing there, pyro going off and having fulfilled the legacy. Yep. You know what signing could happen that would change everything? Resigning Goldberg, and they say we got to put the strap on him. Oh, he's the only person, only person there. Goldberg, it's like dead silence. Even even if they resign yeah. him, even if they resign him, he gets reserved to a Saudi Arabia show, and Cody beats him there. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so let's let's get this show on the road. We start with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and we get a nice heartwarming intro before the Usos come out, and we get a great back and forth, and the match is official. Usos versus KO and Zayn at WrestleMania. Uh, Jimmy, I want to start with you here. Mm-hmm. This is, by the way, I thought this was one of the most... Uh, Uh, one of the better i don't want to say best i don't want to go over the top but a really great promo that was very quick to the point but also another example of the story being very predictable but feeling so great watching it no it was uh, everything worked everything clicked this whole bloodline versus you obviously cody uh, we'll talk about later, but this story with Sammy and, and Kevin coming together, look, look at this past Friday night on SmackDown, that hug at the end of SmackDown got a monster reaction. People wanted it so bad and they got it. And this is the team that they're looking forward to. Now the question is when these two teams face off at WrestleMania, where do you place them on which day on which or which evening? And 
here's a possibility that this match could end night one. So you end mm-hmm. both nights with bloodline storyline. That's it how should. that's how invested people are in, in on this. And I know people will say, well, they should end it with this title match or this title match. The most invested story going right now is with the bloodline. So what better way to end both nights than, hey, let's say we have new tag team champion. Uh, you talked about predictions next Monday, but let's say new tag team champions on, on Saturday night and a brand new undisputed world heavyweight champion on Sunday. It, it absolutely should end. Look, first off, the, having this match be created, it was very predictable, but it's logical. You give the people what they want. I say it all the time. Predictable is okay if it's logical. In absolute should end night one. Jimmy's right. You need to have bloodline as a theme here. Uh, it should it should end night one. We've never had a tag team title match and a WrestleMania. Granted, WrestleMania is now two nights, but still, that would be historic. They, the Usos have a historic title run. It makes sense. The people are invested. I'm not trying to knock down Rhea or Charlotte. I'm a huge Rhea fan. I think how you start a Mania is as important as how you end it. I would have that kick off one of the nights, whether it's one night one or night two, to give it to give it a, a position of prominence. Yeah. On the rundown, let me tell you guys a quick, uh, fun story, real quick. This is this is how, and I'm sure others might be able to relate to this. This is how uh, this is got. I've been a wrestling fan for over 30 years. My entire family's known it. You know, of course, I have people in the family that tolerate it. Some people in the family never care, never whatever, <laughs> what, uh, what have you. My aunt Jamie, uh, she's my aunt, but she's more like a my my my, my oldest sister, just because of our age gap is not traditional aunt to nephew. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was with her and our entire family not long ago in Maryland for for a family gathering, and her husband, he is a wrestling fan. I brought him to shows with me, what have you, what have you. He called me over. He watches Raw or SmackDown on DVR or on delay a day or two later, whenever he can get to it. He watches in bed while she's doing what, you know, while she's reading or whatever. She grabbed a hold of this Sammy Uso story. And she was asking me, this is about two weeks ago, mind you. She was asking me, she goes, what's going to happen? She goes, what are, are, is Sammy and Kevin going to get back together? Are they going to, what she, after 30 plus years of having wrestling around her and our family, this thing hooked her. All because she kept seeing it over her her husband's shoulder. She started asking questions, and then after Friday night, I get a text from her saying they finally hugged it out. Yay! And now she's excited for WrestleMania for this one match. She's gonna watch this one match. I mean, that's that's the kind of long term storytelling that you can get out of things like this. Is that you can grab just the most innocent, non suspecting viewer who can get caught up in stories that everybody can understand. You may not know what a huluva kick is, but you understand what it means to have pledged your allegiance to one group that gotten kicked out and backstabbed, and now you're trying to reclaim your friendship with your best friend to to, 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 to get revenge. We can all understand that in, in, in any language. Just wanted to share that out there. Uh, wanted to give her a shout out. I love that you said that. It actually reminds me of, uh, I interviewed uh, Dax Harwood a while back, and uh, he was talking about how they don't really have FTR doesn't have a lot of signature moves that are just their kind of move. And he was saying because no one in the audience knows what a 450 splash feels like. No one knows what a suplex feels like in the crowd, but they know what heartbreak feels like. They know what disappointment feels like. They know what excitement feels like. And I, I was thinking as, you, as you're telling this story, Justin, I'm thinking about all the things wrestling has done in the past to try to get us into it, whether it be uh, Rowan's mechanical spider is always my first thing I think of, or all these things that they, you know, whether it be uh, the the ridiculous stuff we see, but at the end of the day, what are twice now in in one month, what's the thing that made the crowd erupt the most was a hug. Mm -hmm. 
a mm -hmm. simple hug made us all go like lose our minds. And it's because we all know that feeling, I think. And it just, it connects with so many people The the relationships people have is the story. It's not, I don't want to be that guy. You know, I know Jimmy, your line, the 450 burning hammer, uh, Phoenix splash. <laughs> it's the, it's the hug. It's it's emotion. That's what this business is predicated on: getting emotion out of your audience. And it was one, you know, it's one of the few where you can go live and actually really let loose with with how you feel by cheering, booing, whatever the case may be. And that was one of the biggest attractions to this. And even though in the back of people's minds they came to the shows thinking, "Hey, maybe this isn't uh, on the up and up." Let's put it that way. But at the same time, like you said storytelling and 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 making it feel real mm -hmm. I, and, absolutely yeah. it, it was um i did want to say this is just a small little as we think about the psychology of stuff and mm -hmm. i love that we didn't get to see the haluva kick hit mm -hmm. jay tonight because that's going to be another one of those things that when it finally happens because you know it's going to happen people are going to lose their minds i'm going to lose my mind i'm going to be a, a wreck <laughs> And, and, I, and I love the touch, too, of uh, Sammy and Kevin putting the challenge out there. Uso's initially saying no, and then Jay being the one that kind of mm -hmm. couldn't resist. Couldn't He just couldn't resist, and a little bit to mm -hmm. Jimmy's surprise and dismay, accepted it. And then, of course, you know, yeah. Roman wants to talk to Jay. Who You know, I mean, yeah. where that whole thing's going is, is a whole other level of this. The Jeroy uh, J, by the way, with possibly the uh, the the line of the night. I'm gonna put. I, I gotta shout you out, even though it's not a super chat. I remember when the hug was protected. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now it seems like everybody's hugging. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, so uh, as we continue on, and kicking out of it. Uh, mm -hmm. Tina's saying that uh, her husband's a casual fan now, he's 100% invested. Yeah, um, just uh, such good stuff. And uh, as we move on from there, we get to Austin Theory versus Montez Ford, a uh, little mini side quest, as we'll call it mm -hmm. Theory versus the Street Profits. Uh, it was a good one, as you'd expect. Theory gets the win and says that Ford didn't believe in him before, but now he does. And at Mania, so will John Cena. Justin, this was a, like I said, kind of wrapping up a little side quest for Austin Theory. And I I felt like I believed in him a bit more after this one. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I booked this last week after he fought Dawkins. I said, all right, now next week he fights Ford. And it's exactly what should happen here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's he's doing as well as he can. He's in a, he's in a, it's, it's not tough, but it is a different kind of situation to be building to a, one of the premier mania matches and your partner you're dancing with isn't there each week you know Cena was there a couple weeks ago when they established it and i don't think he's gonna be there next week i think they would have probably announced that so you know it is kind of a, it is a tricky thing to where you gotta kind of carry the load in the build but at the same time john cena's john cena just by mocking him you know that that evokes the the heat the, that that gets that heat and that response. So, uh, yeah, I think Theory's doing what he's got to do, uh, make himself look as credible as possible. He he's still holding this U.S. Championship title belt, which is you know has you know, has some prestige to it. Uh, has has been booked well since uh, the creative change all summer. And so yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I, I this this very I'm really looking forward to him and, and Cena. And uh, I I think this is gonna 
this is going to be on the documentary 10, 20 years from now for Austin Theory. This is going to be a monumental chapter in his career. It's something that I'm so happy for the guy, just in the sense that, and I think I've said this before, this he he idolized John Cena growing up for real, and now he gets to go have a match with him at WrestleMania. That's a literal childhood dream come true. Uh, I, it's just it's a cool thing for him. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know how often we get to see stuff like that, and also, because uh, I know you've obviously been there in person for so many things like this. Have you seen a wrestler face their uh, childhood hero in a match in this kind of on this kind of stage as well, not just on a match, but like the big match situation was any stories of how someone may have handled that in the past? Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of somebody off the top of my head and I can't, I, I do know that, you know, uh, one of the funny things and, and, and again, not trying to make it about me, but being at WrestleMania six here in Toronto, you know, and edge's mom got him a ticket to the show and he got to go to the show and see the Hogan warrior match. Then years later, got to work with Hogan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who got to live his childhood dream there, you know, and it was it, it, something else, you know. Yeah. Those are, those are amazing moments that you will never forget in your lifetime. And I even saw a picture not too long ago, a uh, mutual friend of ours, of, of Edge and I, who, who lives here in Canada, posted it, of, of Edge st- standing up in the audience at WrestleMania. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. He almost look the same with the hair but anyway mm-hmm. but uh, you know i can only imagine what he was going through like don't get me wrong i i got the opportunity to to be in the ring with some of my idols before i got into the business too so you know steamboat being one of them for example and piper and these guys but uh, and rick flair you know mm-hmm. and so i understand it but doing it at wrestlemania can't imagine yeah, the, I mean, I like I said, I just watched Mania 18 back, uh, WrestleMania 18 from 2002 for the first time in a while, and like, you know, you look at Rock and Hogan, and like, I don't, I don't know if Hogan was Rock's favorite wrestler, but I mean, Rock grew up in the business, grew up in the 80s when his family's, uh, you know, and and Hogan was the biggest star of the 80s, so I gotta imagine there's something there, and then, um, you know, look, even Sean and 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 Flair, you know, Sean. Became a fan, uh, uh, you know, as a adolescent or what have you. You know, you know, knows Rick knows who Ric Flair is and that. So, you know, obviously, you look at a guy who, again, you know, Sean's growing up in the '80s. Rick's the other man, not if even not Hogan. Rick's the other man on the territorial basis. Uh, and so then, when you're not only having a match at WrestleMania, but this is the retirement, you're going to be the guy who's going to retire Ric Flair. I mean, those are the only two only two others I could think of that would have that same kind of parallel on that stage. Yeah. And I would say one of the differences is the age, though, of like a an Austin Theory who I think is like 14 years old. He's so young. I don't know how old he really is, but he's I think he's like early to mid 20s still. But uh, it's it's still just a, a cool thing for him. And um, I have a feeling this will make him. Yeah. And no, and just really one quick thing about Austin Theory's wins against, you know, the Street Profits. Yes, a tag team, but also credible wins. Mm-hmm. And not going overly heelish, like dirty, dirty, dirty tactics to win. He outsmarted his opponents, which, like you said, elevated his status. He's uh, I, he's twenty five right now. He'll be twenty six in August. Wow, jeez, he's got a lot. He's, he's got a lot of miles left. He's just That's a youngster. Crazy. You know, so I know there's a lot of people who are maybe doubting Austin Theory in this one, but I want people to watch this match. 
uh, with guys of like, it's rare that you have the opportunity to see someone who may become a great right in front of your eyes and that this is the moment that it could happen for them. And we'll have to see if it does. I think obviously Austin theory checks all the boxes, but we may watch the moment that the next John Cena starts to make that ascent. And it's kind of a cool thing to know that you might be seeing this happen right before your eyes. So, uh, yeah, maybe it won't, maybe it will, but it's WrestleMania, John Cena. Yeah. I think magic's going to happen. Um, we get, uh, we we have a by the numbers look at Brock versus Omos, which I absolutely loved. Uh, and then we get Omos versus Positive Ali. Uh, and Dolph Ziggler basically watches Omos get destroyed. Justin, this is a... Um, it's like this weird running side story between Ziggler and Ali that never seems to go anywhere. Uh but Omos got a win. As he needs to. You know, I'm always a little, and there were several times tonight, you know, when you have talent that are in major matches at Mania, I'm always a little, you know, I get a little cringy about how much physically you ask them to do two Monday Night Raws out, two weeks out. Because at this point, it's like, you know, is it a necessity for them to do this physical physicality? Is it going to help sell that many more tickets, that many more buys or what have you, you know, like a little bit later on? Seth Rollins does a, uh, a, a a jump from the top rope to the outside, and, all this, and and it looked a little dicey about how he how he got caught or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And I you know I just and it's like you know one wrong move and you've just your mania payday, your mania promotion all, all goes whatever. That said, Omas is a, is exactly the guy two weeks after mania who you need to put in the ring. Very simple match, Ali. Uh, veteran bumped around, made the simplest little things look uh, like a million bucks. This needs to happen. Omas obviously is going up against Brock Lesnar, and this is Omas's first uh, mania match ever. First, really, you know, big match, big match of anything. So he's one who needs to rack up wins. You need to get the audience reminding of him. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, you know, 10 million views of him uh, palming Brock's face and, 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 and pushing Brock out of the ring from last Monday. I mean, that's. That's not nothing. That 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 is above the the average of what they do for their raw videos. So, this certainly the the visual of people know who and what Brock Lesnar is, and seeing the visual of him, you know, come up to Omas's stomach. Uh, that's that's something. And so Omas getting out there, absolutely. This was exactly what needed to happen. Do more of it next week. Um, do more of it. Yeah, Jimmy. I thought this was one of the better. And this is saying it's like one of the better hype videos because I think with I think the kind of people that are going to be attracted to a Brock Lesnar match, the kind of people that are going to like hearing things like he has the biggest gloves in UFC history and he's beaten all these people. And then you see how big and dominant he is. And then, then they compare it to Omos is so much bigger. I think you don't need to be a fan. Just the idea of that sells the tickets. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that WWE does so well is those uh, hype promo videos to to hype up a match like that. Their production in those things is, is just uh, incredible. And they've all they have been for a long time and they've got me more invested in it. And, you know, uh, you're looking for something to ha- and you talk about tonight, you know, the the match that he had with uh, positive Ali. You know, it was what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. You have to make this guy look like a monster. And that's what you're plugging monster versus the beast. Yep. So that stuff is working. And next week, 
maybe it's a different name, but, you know, someone who's a little bit higher up in the pecking order, so to speak. Again, no disrespect to guys like Dolphin and to Ali, but someone needs to get absolutely obliterated next week. I got a feeling it'll be Ziggler. Was it, wait, was Ziggler? I, I have a feeling next week it'll be Ziggler. And I'm trying to yeah. remember, did Ziggler have him after them already? Omos? I can't remember, but never mind. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, 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 no. I'm glad you did. It's because I can't remember either. You know, yeah. Too many ref bumps, as I said. Over I was watching Ziggler, watching the, this, the monitor, I was thinking, oh, your next Ziggler, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like this, but then I couldn't remember. I know Ziggler took a loss recently to somebody and I couldn't remember if it was um, Omos already, but that's going to be a fun match. I'm actually yeah. really excited for that. It's mm-hmm. going to be a good one. We got a, a super chat, by the way, uh, from Huffman elite training friend of the show says night one main will be Sammy KO versus the Usos night two main will be Reigns versus Cody. Opener for night one, Rhea versus Flair. Opener for night two, Rollins versus Paul. Book the show to open and start. Hmm. I can get the the Rollins the Rollins versus Paul to open night two. Not sure hmm. if that would open night two, uh, but the rest of them I can get behind. Yeah, I, I could see them opening opening up uh, maybe night two with the Hell in a Cell. I was awesome. going to say also from a logistical standpoint, just just lowering the cell and having it down. Um, mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and it looks like it was Ziggler last week. So, um, yeah, looks like I had too many ref bumps myself. There you go. <laughs> Announcer uh, bumps. <laughs> Announcer bumps. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we get a, uh, so we talked about Seth Rollins and uh, a bit about Logan Paul. They had a segment, Logan Paul. He comes out, he does an impossible, uh, segment where he talks about how he loves wrestling, but we don't love him no matter how good he is at it. Uh, he shows us a bunch of funny replays of knocking out Seth until Seth is in the production truck and he cuts the mic and we, they get a fight going and Logan Paul hits the real Superman punch and knocks out Seth Rollins. Justin, this was, we talked about Andy Kaufman earlier in the show. I thought this was such a well done way to just make us absolutely hate Logan Paul. He was unbearable. But the, and this is what it needs to be. I mean, he the, the crowd naturally likes to likes to dislike him, and he's very good at it. He's very antagonistic. Um, mm-hmm. he, he and his brother have made a lot of money off of being the antagonistic outsiders who are talking crap, whether it's in the pro wrestling world or the or the boxing world or whatever. And but they've they've been able to back it up, um, and so. You know, it's a little yin and yang because when you watch him in the ring, when he does when he does show up for these premium shows and matches that he trains for, I mean, we're always talking about you know the the, the viral moment, you know, the, the moment in the Rumble, him and him and Ricochet, you know, mm-hmm. like so it's it's a little yin and yang because he his style is that that you like to lean into as a babyface and 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 tout and support, but I think. At the end of the day, he's just such a natural heel. Don't fight. This is just what his role is. Um, yes. and, pe- and people are behind Seth Rollins. They're behind him. They're behind the the goofy laugh. They're behind the the sing singing to a song. Um, so uh, this is right. This is the lane that it that it should be. And I fully expect these guys are going to again have just like Rumble uh, with with Paul. They're going to have one moment. You know, we've seen Logan Paul in Saudi Arabia. He did. He jumped off the top rope onto the mouse desk filming himself and, and and 
I fully expect some piece of technology innovation is going to happen. He's going to start a live stream on Twitch. It's going to last 30 seconds. I, I don't know. He's going to do something that's never been done for, and there's going to be some viral moment of crazy athleticism. Oh, my God, did you see that? I'm, that that's going to happen. Oh, I agree. I think it's going to be such a talked-about match. I'm so excited for that one. I think that one could steal the show, actually. Uh, Jimmy, but I want to talk to you about the outside-of-the-box thing. I mean, to Justin's mm-hmm. point, something's going to happen at WrestleMania, but even this segment was outside-of-the-box with them cutting the mic and Seth Rollins being in the, the truck and also the replays, but with the zany sound effects and things like mm-hmm. that to make Rollins look like an idiot. Uh, just very outside-of-the-box approach to this. Yeah, it was unique and different from what everybody else does as a heel. And that's what he was doing. He was antagonizing the audience. He's already got them uh, disliking him because he's the outsider, so to speak. He's the guy who doesn't belong in our business, you Mm -hmm. know, and they're playing off that. And that's perfect. That's what they should be doing. And having, you know, Rollins in the truck and acting all in his leopard-ish outfit with those crazy glasses and that people are liking this version of Seth Rollins. So this is a natural that's, you know, with two athletic guys. And I'm actually kind of surprised at how well uh, Logan Paul does in these rings, because what you need is a lot of repetition. And that's Mm -hmm. now that, you know, WWE is back to uh, live events slash house shows. Again, they're getting back in the ring. They're getting those repetitions in. they're getting that groove back. Uh, Logan Paul has to do it in a gym. Yeah, which is not as easy. So this guy's athletic ability is actually pretty amazing, and especially to do what uh, they do in this industry. So um, uh, what they did tonight was they got me looking forward to their match at WrestleMania, and that is the end game. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. We mm-hmm. we move on. We get Johnny Gargano versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Johnny's all bandaged up and fighting through injuries, but eventually they do him in and Dom gets the win here. Uh, Jimmy, not a whole lot of special stuff here. It looks like they might be planting some seeds for maybe Gargano and um, Dexter Loomis versus Mm -hmm. Judgment Day after Mania. Uh, But right now it's just plucky underdog Johnny Gargano coming up short. Right, exactly. And they had a story going in. He was, you know, he had the ribs taped that he was selling going into the match. So it, he kind of has a little bit of an excuse, so to speak. The baby face has a little bit of a excuse, but tried to gut it out as best he could. And here's a guy who, in my opinion, got over a little bit in a loss. And Dominic Mysterio is just killing it as a heel. He is really so dislikable right now. And again, mm-hmm. you, you talk about... Uh, a day and age where people go, Oh, this guy has a heel. I'm liking him. Yeah. Here's a guy like, uh, like Logan Paul, like, like Dominic Mysterio guys who are actual heels getting the desired heel reaction. And and that's what I'm loving most about this. And, and, and and like you said, it does look like it's leading towards a tag match Mm -hmm. between him and, and Damian priest versus maybe uh, Loomis and and, Uh, uh, Gargano. Yeah. Or Gargano. And whether it happens, maybe a Mania pre-show match, you never know, whatever the case. But whenever it happens, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I am looking forward to it. Well, it's nice because when it does happen, if it happens, it's not a, quote, random match. We go, oh, it makes sense why that's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, Justin, we also get the um, we get 
more questions about what will it take to get Rey Mysterio to agree to a match with Dom. That's the million dollar question I asked last Monday. I said, that's what's so intriguing about this is that all the things that Dom has said, what is it going to take? We all figured we're going to get the mania match of Dom and, and Ray. So what's it going to take to get Ray to finally snap? And Dom teased he's going to be at SmackDown Friday and the family's going to be there. And he's going to, uh, he basically kind of just teased he's going to help use his mother to force the, the hand. So, you know, uh, the, I mean, this is, this is, I mean, the people, the heat is there. The, this is not piped in fake audio. Uh, this, the, 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 this, the heat you hear is legit crowd reaction to Dom and he's getting some of the best heat of anybody. Um, so that's exciting. Um, the one thing I'll say, and I, I mean, I, and, and I'm sure there's a plan for it. it. It is to me, cause I'm just such a fan of his individually. I am disappointed as we go to mania, you know, Finn's got hell in a cell with edge. Rhea's in the title match, probably going to win the title Dom with this, Inevitably with, inevitably with his dad. I am disappointed that Priest, that Damien does not have something. And again, I, I have no doubt that we'll move into the new calendar year. WWE, that, that, that he'll probably be in line for something. And, you know, he, you know, he's, he's, he, he's been doing all the right things too, but I, that's my one thing is I'm like, Oh man, Priest doesn't have a mania. I mean, he had the bad bunny stuff, whatever. So, but that's, that's my only critique is, uh, but I do like, he's kind of like, He's there, kind of bodyguarding Dom a little bit. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he'll, maybe he'll be part of the Dom Ray match, and he'll get, he'll get some, something to, to do there. Yeah, I got a feeling he'll be at ringside at the very least. But I agree with you. I'm a big Damian Priest fan, and so hopefully something comes up. But yeah, I agree with you. I, there's not really a, a good spin on. It. I just wish he had a match. But um, as we continue on, we had a couple of segments here, and we'll obviously dive more into what these segments mean later. But uh reigns was upset about the way the night started and said he wanted to talk to jay and he asked jay hey are you part of the bloodline uh jay said yeet and so uh, roman says he loves jay uh later paul Heyman says the usos can leave and indulge themselves and have fun but solo needs to stay this is justin uh all right they're already they're really heavily planting the seeds that jay uso is going to break away from the bloodline. And again, we'll talk a little bit more about the promo, but uh, is it a surprise to you that they're, tw- they're, they're teasing this already? Or I, I feel like this is what a lot, a lot of the section of the fans wanted as well. What are your thoughts on, I guess, this development? I don't think they know what they're going to do. I think they are doing the uh, safe, creative thing, and they are planting a lot of seeds and they're going to choose which one they want to water and grow. I think there's there's probably one piece of paper that's like, let's plant the seed of, you know, the Usos. I mean, look, the Usos, next to the Miz and, the, and Dolph Ziggler, the Usos are, are the longest tenured, you know, regular mm-hmm. full-time stars, right? Mm-hmm. They, they really are. So, I mean, you know, if there's ever a time to break apart twins, and, and that, that doesn't always work, you know, we've seen, you know, that's a hard thing to do. If there's ever a time to break apart twins, maybe this would be it, where Jay and Jimmy truly can be identified separately and have their own followings. But I can also see somebody stand up in the, in the room and saying, oh, that's going to be a terrible situation after a month. So then you have other situations where it's like, you know, there's the, there's the, there's this hint, there's this red herring that, that Jay's the problem. 
maybe Jay and Jimmy are the same. Maybe Solo is the one that we that we bump. Like, I just think that they're just putting a lot of seeds out there, and they're going to choose what they want to water. And I completely respect that. I think that's that's kind of the smartest thing to do because there's so many dynamics to this bloodline uh, storyline, which is a great problem to have. Yes, when you have so many moving parts and dynamics and storylines, and well, the crowd's kind of cheering Jay. They kind of wanted to be a Sammy. But no, Jimmy's here, and, and then Solo's this monster. Like, this is a good problem to have. So I don't think they even quite know, they being the, the uh, Triple H company. I, I think I think, I think think they're just kind of leaving options out there, and, and that's absolutely uh, understandable and, and, and probably the best thing to do. Well, and I think what makes it helpful, too, to your point, Justin, is that because Jay's always had a little bit of issues with Roman and Roman's always had a little bit of issues with Jay. This doesn't feel like a, if it's a red herring, it feels authentic. It doesn't feel like they're just throwing stuff at us to make us like, if it doesn't go anywhere, I'm not going to go, Oh, well that meant nothing. What a waste of time. I'm like, no, that was true to the characters that they're, that they, that they're portraying here. Um, and Jimmy, to, I guess to Justin's point also, it makes sense. Cause if you wait till, how that uh reaction is at the end of mania with roman you know what does the crowd do how is it received it kind of helps you know do we break up the bloodline or do we keep it together or it, it will kind of inform you a bit and see and that's what it's all about it's all about options like like justin was saying planting several seeds and putting different options and opportunities out there like you said you can break up the bloodline you can have roman uh, be upset with uh, the bloodline for not being there when he needed him most and they should know better and stuff like that. And also the little tension that you felt between Jay and Roman and, and, you know, basically family squabbles because every mm -hmm. family, there are family squabbles. There are little, you know, not physical, like it would happen in wrestling, but you know what I mean? Sometimes you have a little issue with your brother, you have a little issue with your cousin and stuff like that. You know, a lot of times it gets resolved, but at the same time, sometimes it causes a lot of family tension. And that's what we're feeling a little bit here going into mania. Absolutely. And Jack, to your point, it's WrestleMania might be in, let's use this audience. Let's, let's, let's use this huge 80,000, you know, uh, SoFi arena audience. As a, as, a, as a focus group and you might find so you might you know let, let's say sammy and kevin owens beat the usos but depending on how they do it the crowd might react a certain way or might be you know whatever and you might say you know what monday night or or friday the first raw or first smackdown after mania this is what we're going to do because of the way we can hear the crowd respond and they want you know so I, I think you, you said inform us, and I think that's that's the great phrase. Leave your options open. Let mania inform you of where the people want this to go and what they're going to latch on to and who they're going to latch on to, and whether that's it, whether that's in the form of a bloodline stable or that's in the form of first time ever uh, an USO versus an USO. Right. I, I thought we were going to get USO USO at WrestleMania, but. In any case, I'm happy with where we're at. Uh, we got Rhea Ripley. She comes out and she cuts a promo saying she doesn't like to look to the past uh, and that she makes Charlotte question if she respects herself. It's a great promo, but then I was thrown for a loop when Damage Control comes out. They say it's their show. And uh, Rhea Ripley says, don't sing it, bring it. And then we get a match. Ripley kind of <laughs> takes on all of them. 
damage control on her own uh, until good guys show up. And eventually there's some, some shenanigans on the outside, but Ripley gets the win in the end. Uh, Justin, I, I saw your, uh, I saw, I saw what you were, I saw your reactions. Uh, talk to me about this one a little bit. <clears throat> Rhea Ripley's a star. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing damage control does interests me. That is not me knocking the three ladies. That's not me knocking Bailey, EO, or or Dakota. It it just doesn't work. It, it, I, I, I ask, please, as we enter in the new calendar, just blow that up and, and let's just restart that. Um, now, when saying that, I know that, that does me away from a match that has Lita and Trish and Becky. I mean, what a, what a, what a trio that is, but I just don't care. I don't care. I care about Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. I care because I want to see Rhea Ripley, who is finally in her. I mean, Rhea Ripley is there. She's found it. She's found it. Mm-hmm. We talk about the history of, of classic characters, and, and, you know, he had to go from Ringmaster until eventually finding Stone Cold. He had to go from Rocky Mountain via to eventually finding The Rock. He had to go from John Cena, Ruthless Aggression, to, like, we, we, we know the stories. She's there. Rhea has arrived. So I yes. want to see the crowning moment. I don't care about anything with damage control. And I, and, I, and I like Becky, Trish, and Lita, of course. I love what they all represent. But I don't even care about that. I don't even care about that. But that, 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 that's not, uh, that's not I, I'm not tuning in or intrigued by that. Quite frankly, I'll be double-checking my notes, getting refilling my, my, my beverage and my plate during Mania. Not because of those individual ladies, but because the, 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 the story and the, the, the presentation at this point has just not grabbed me. That's it. I think that WWE is almost a victim of their own success in this case because I look at the bloodline and I'm thinking their thing is that they're all related from this big family of successful wrestlers and now they're trying to assert their family dominance. And I look at uh, the Judgment Day, and they have all this, you know, Dom and Rhea are together, and you have all these different groups that have real connections for why they're together and what their goal is and what they're doing. And then when you get to damage control and you say, well, why did EO e- Sky team up with Bailey? Mm-hmm. Because she did. Yeah. There's not really... And I think if, if this was a year ago we wouldn't have had those expectations because we didn't have all these great relationships between different wrestlers. But now that we do, it's sort of shining a light on those groups that don't have that, if that makes sense. And I'm starting to go, Oh, well, why, if they have all these stories, why don't they have a story? They're just together to be together. And, and you said something very interesting, making sense. And it felt like this, confrontation tonight between Bailey and Rhea only happened to kind of further along the uh, damage control versus the three uh, other ladies, uh, uh, Lita, Trish, and Bailey, uh, uh, Becky, sorry, mm-hmm. getting confused there. Uh, <laughs> uh, the six w- woman or six person tag match that looks to be on the horizon. And that was the only reason for this match, especially having two heels in there when the crowd, you can tell from the crowd reaction, they didn't want to cheer or boo anybody. They just were not interested. Well, that was what I, what I wanted to talk to you about, because that, that threw me off. At first, when Damage Control came out, I was thinking, are they going to try to reposition Rhea Ripley, especially when they started ganging up on her and the good guys came out to help her? And it, it... That is the question. Rhea versus Charlotte, who's the, who's the face? Because Rhea cut a heel promo tonight. 
but yet there still is this, there is still a population that's kind of in my camp, which is like oh, Rhea's becoming the, the she's she's the next thing. Charlotte kind of is always this like she's Charlotte Flair, but there's always kind of like a boo that kind of undertones her because she's better than everybody else. So yeah, I mean mm-hmm. it, it is it, it, it's interesting. You have this questionably heel versus heel women's title match that I'm very into again for all the things I just said. But then on the flip side, which we'll get to in a second, you have the other women's title match, which is face versus face and Bianca and Asuka, and I'm losing interest by the minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a very yeah, it is a weird, weird spot, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Questionable. Uh, um another thing that was interesting uh, on this one is Edge cut a floating head promo with some floating mm-hmm. candles. Uh and he says he is the evil in the valley, and he challenges Finn to bring his demon to meet the devil. Justin, this is clearly him calling out the demon. We are not getting Finn Balor, uh, and Edge didn't seem too too bothered by it. What what's your take on them being so blatant that it's going to be the demon? Yeah, I'm fine by it. Just go ahead and. Show me the damn graphic. I mean, I—that—that's what it should be, you know. Uh, and I and I and I'm, I'm intrigued. Like I said last week, this will be the first time that Finn's being the demon, while he's a heel Finn Balor in a heel faction like Judgment Day. I mean, I hope he replaces the red makeup with purple makeup just to stay consistent with the group. Like, and and, and again, I know it's a it's it's a, maybe not the favorite thing to him, but I think Demon Finn is what he should probably stick with, especially if he's going to be a heel. Because as, as I said before, I think one of the things that kind of lost people as Babyface Finn, you know, the first he's going to forever go down as the first ever Universal Champion, forever in the history books. That's what it is. I, I was there for that night, and you know, I was I was so so on the decision then, and then he got injured and whatever. The demon is very intriguing to look at and very intriguing to watch. And then when he's not the demon, when he when, when he's not Superman and he's back to being just a civilian, he's kind of meh. So mm-hmm. I again, I just kind of say I, I would advocate maybe embrace this demon side more. Maybe, maybe don't do as much face paint or do as much things that might be a hassle to do every night or every week for TV. But I would embrace that side of him more especially in judgment day, because I think that's the more interesting side of him versus great abs, smiley Finn Balor. They are great abs, but <laughs> Jimmy, uh, with uh, the thing that I guess rubs me the wrong way about this is I'm in a sense too much in the same camp as Justin in that, I guess there's a part of me that always felt like if, I felt like the demon wasn't something he could just control and pop up anytime he wants. I thought it was something that sort of in character just sort of happens in certain moments. But if I know he can just go, Oh, this time I'll do it. I think, well, why don't you do it every time? It's like Bruce Banner saying, well, I'm not going to use the Hulk to fight this evil villain. Only certain evil. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. I thought it was, does it, am I making sense about like what I'm trying to say? Here? No, I I totally understand what you're trying to say, and 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 I get that. But at the same time, it, it's nice seeing some variety as opposed to the same demon character coming out. It's kind of like with Edge, Edge calling on his inner devil, as mm-hmm. he said, to to come out in this match because it is, after all, Hell in a Cell. So you have to bring out the most evil side of you at times because that is an evil structure. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah, I, I'm okay with it in this instance. And uh, you know, I understand Justin's point as well, where th- maybe this is a better fit for Finn Balor to be the, the, uh, the demon Finn Balor, but not as overt as he was mm-hmm. in the past, you know, and turn to that over the top demon character when it needs to come out, but still have that little bit of evilness come out. Yeah. Um, I'm a big demon fan, mm. so I want to see it. I want to see him more anyways, but um, someone I want to see more of as well. We got today and that was Otis. Uh, he was getting all prettied up when Gable needs his help. And then Maxine Dupree says, we need to pretty up even more. Otis, Otis, and uh, basically has to choose which side is he does he go with the the blonde or does he go with the partner? He chooses the partner, but eventually during the Gable versus Ricochet match, Otis gets distracted by the blonde and gets walked off to get all gussied up again. Uh, Jimmy, there's a quote during this: "When you're beautiful, you don't have to make sense." Mm-hmm. Okay, just, just stuck with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it it's a very good point, and it fits in perfectly with the Otis character as well. Yeah, you know, it, it's the Otis has this uh, comic ability that he could switch on and off as well too. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know people hate this term when when Vince used to say that Monday Night Raw is a variety show. You get a little bit of everything, so you get a little bit of that comedy thrown in. And Otis does it so well; it just feels so natural for him. And even his partner Chad Gable has that comic ability that I that I compare to um, Kurt Angle's. Mm-hmm. I think there was an opportunity. That's the only thing I think there's an opportunity missed here with Chad Gable to turn him into this generation's Kurt Angle. But that, that's another point for another day. But to your to you to you what you said though, Otis following the pretty young lady, mm-hmm. you know, uh, looking the way he does. Let's put it. Let, let's just say that. Uh, I, I hate to say. Hey, he's got a great track record with yeah. uh, with with the ladies in WWE. Yes. So yeah, so you got to hand it to him. Uh, the, uh, yeah, he does to your point of him being funny. He has one of those things that I get so jealous of where him and guys like Will Ferrell have it, where they can just walk out and you're already ready to laugh. He could say and do nothing, but he just shows up and you're like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm ready to laugh. But, uh, Justin, going back to what we were talking about earlier, the stuff that seems to be working so well is just these relationship things. And this is really just the classic story of a guy choosing between his friend and the girlfriend and every single guy who's had a friend who's dated no. someone has dealt with this. It goes back to what I talked about earlier. It just, it's, it, you know, just, it's just emotion, just easy story to understand. You don't, you don't need to know um, what a German suplex is. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with this. You just need to know emotion and, and the relationship status. And that, that, that does it. Uh, yeah. I, I've said, uh, Jimmy said, Kurt Angle, I've said uh, Gable is like Kurt Angle and Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. Perfectly melded together, and 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 I, I think there's something here. First of all, shout out to Otis for uh, <laughs> eating the cucumber that fell off <laughs> his, his eyes on his belly uh, in, in the spa segments. But um, you know, look as we look towards the next again, the new calendar, the WWE calendar resets after Mania. I'm putting it out there. I think Cody's your new world champion. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, I don't know what Theory and Cena is going to do, but at the end of the day, Theory is still going to be U.S. champion, even if I don't think the title's on the line either which way. So 
as I look forward to th- as I look forward to the calendar year, and, and it's okay. You're trying to build. You have Cody Rhodes, who's not he's not young like Austin Theory. He's not in his twenties. He's in his thirties, but he's right at that perfect sweet spot that he can carry the company if you want him to right now. Mm-hmm. As I look at Cody, and then I start looking at okay, well, okay, okay you have Theory. Theory's on the rise. As I said, he's in his twenties still. If uh, if you can find something for Otis to go off and do to create and of all that character, I would look at Chad Gable. Let Chad Gable try to build him. Maybe as maybe your number two or number three babyface on a show. Let him go after a theory or whoever, and be like what Kurt Angle was when Kurt finally got away from being the the heel that was the three eyes, who was so antagonistic and so um, better than thou. When he got away from that and he let a little bit of comedy come in and he let people endear to him, but he still reminded you he was a badass and he could kick your ass at any moment. I think Chad Gable could, could if, if, if they positioned it correctly, could do that to where, again, Cody's your top champion on a show. Gable could be positioned as a U.S. or Intercontinental champion who can kick your ass but is getting people to come to the building to hear him say shoosh or whatever other things he comes up with or buy his shirts or what have you. I, I think there's a lot of potential for the youth, for the next generation of what they have to really take off here um, in the next couple weeks and months. Yeah, they've WWE has positioned themselves so well. Uh, one last thing about this, of course, Otis having to choose between his friend and girls. Uh, I think uh, we, I got a, a super chat or not super chat, but check, Ricky Lewis saying bros before, Usos? Are you talking about KO and uh, <laughs> Stammy Zayn? <laughs> no. Um, but we'll continue on to Chelsea Green. Uh, she says that she has a new partner this week. It's going to be Piper Niven, and that they're going to have a tag team match against Bianca Belair and Asuka. They have the tag team match, one of these classic can they coexist. And for the most part, they do until the very end. Belair still hits an incredible KOD, gets the win. Asuka attacks Bianca post-match, and Jimmy, this one's finally got some some heat to it, some spice between these two. Yes, and it took a little while to get there because uh, un- until tonight, I uh, I don't want to say that they've got me invested right now, but they've got me at least a little more interested. It's a start. Hopefully, they could capitalize on this next week and build it some more because there's the story going into this WrestleMania title match between uh, Asuka and Bianca just – has not done it for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with the fact that I don't think they will have a good match. I, I think they'll have a great match, but again, it's, there's no story there to get me invested and it still hasn't got there yet. There's still a little bit of time, but maybe this should have happened a little sooner. Yeah. Yeah. These are two of my favorite uh, female wrestlers to be honest. Like if, if I had a top four, they would be in there for sure. Maybe top three, but I kind of agree. I think just there's not a lot of story to it, Justin. Um, any takeaway from this one? No, same. It's uh, two talents I enjoy, but they're the, they're a baby versus baby situation, and I and I don't think anybody's really. I think we all are kind of uncomfortable who we're supposed to side with. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I, I, that's that's kind of what I can sum this up to. But like Jimmy said, the match will be entertaining. Yeah, but what? Uh, and yes, the title's on the line, so there's you know stakes, so to speak. But 
the 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 journey to get to the match is very subpar by my expectation for what I expect for a Mania title match. I I you know Dylan Matthews uh, in the chat has mentioned Oscar versus Bianca was always going to be number two when Mommy is in the other match. This is why and and Dylan I, I think you make a great point. So many people say they got to split up the titles from Roman Reigns, but this is exactly why I don't think they need to because the exact situation that's happening with the women's championship, there's clearly a quote unquote real world championship match we're looking forward to. And then the other one, and that's just, that's what's going to happen. So don't split them up. Just I, I, I agree with that. You know, for the longest time, I hated the fact that if you have two shows that are on two totally separate networks of USA and Fox, have two world champions. I, I like. I got that. That was just kind of like the need. Mm-hmm. But you know what? S- again, since Triple H and Creative change in the summer, and the way they've elevated the U.S. title, and we don't talk about it because it's primarily a SmackDown deal. Mm-hmm. But the way they've, you know, again, Roman has his reign. Usos have their reign for tag team titles unified, mind you. Mm-hmm. Gunther has a hell of a reign as IC champ. The way they have solidified these reigns, and then, and then Gunther has a, an IC title match. They've made the IC and U- US title mean so much that I could see a, a benefit of just make there be one world champion. That's just the most cohesive thing. There's one king of the mountain, but then the US, you know, the US Intercontinental are so have been built up so much that they can they could headline a, a premium level event. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're entering that territory. If Austin yeah. Theory is, is the U.S. champion, if he goes into Mania and beats John Cena, don't tell me you can't have WrestleMania backlash and the main event being Austin Theory with his title up against a, uh, a, Seth a, Rollins, a, a built upon Seth Rollins or built upon Chad Gable or like yeah. I would buy into it because you have done the work to tell me that. This is a, a, a champion and a championship that matters. Yeah, I agree. I mean, or I mean, look at Gunther versus Sheamus right now could main event a pay per view. I think. Um, I mean, not WrestleMania, but if this let was. Me, let me say this. Sorry, Jack. Real quick. Yeah. If, if Brock goes in a mania and Brock beats Omos, if he if he conquers and hits the F five on the Nigerian Giant, if Brock Lesnar all of a sudden decided, if he and Gunther had a problem, if Gunther leaves Mania still IC champion, I would buy, buy. I would mm-hmm. buy WrestleMania Backlash, which I hate the damn name. I would buy the pay-per-view or premium live event that's after Mania if it was headlined by Gunther versus Brock for the IC title. I don't think Brock's ever been IC champion, so maybe there's a funny story there that Brock's never... I would buy that because I would be because the IC championship matters. The IC mm-hmm. champion and Gunther has mattered. And, oh, my God, Gunther in a hard-hitting, as Issa would say, uh, meat, meaty, meaty men slapping meat. Like I would buy into that, so yeah, th- th- that's what I'm talking about. We you don't need your world champion at that point to be on every show, and that is beautiful if you have that luxury on your booking situation. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, we got a, a super chat from Ron Taylor says they missed a big opportunity to turn Oscar into the, a great Kabuki or Muda type. It would have been epic for her to spray the mist in Bianca's face. Uh... No, you can save that for the go home. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're going to do it, you can save it for the go home. You, you know, and then going into mania, whatever it is, uh, f- five or six days later, 
you can even have Bianca selling the eyes a little bit going into it, you know, or whatever the case may be. But no, nah, you don't have to do it too soon. I got a feeling she's going to get misted at Mania too. I feel like that's going to happen. It'd be fun to see Bianca missed Asuka. Just throw a little switch in there. Doesn't need it. She has the hair. The hair. The hair. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we get to the end of the night here though. And this is every single week. They just knock this out of the park. I'm so impressed every time. Uh, Roman Reigns and, and Cody Rhodes. Just, I don't know if you guys know this, but they're really good at this, this whole thing. Uh, Roman, he says Cody ran away uh, when he was stardust. He ran away when he couldn't get over an AEW. He ran away when his body couldn't hold up after Hell in a Cell. And what's he going to do after Mania? He's going to run away uh, when he realizes he can't be the champion. But Cody just says, look, I help make pro wrestlers more money in every locker room. I am proud to be a pro wrestler. I'm done talking about my dad. Uh, he also just literally calls out, Jay's going to leave you. Jimmy's going to leave you. Solo's going to leave you. Heyman's going to leave you. And the line I just loved, you're going to be a chief without a tribe. Uh, and then, of course, we get a little tease of Solo versus Reigns or Solo versus Cody. But Reigns holds off and, and the chief walks away without the championships over his shoulder. Uh, but this just uh, so, so good here. Uh, Jimmy, I want to start with you. Is WWE referencing AEW too much, man? No, I, well, I, I, I get the <laughs> fact that they referenced them, but in, in this case, it worked because it was a reference to Cody, uh, his his story, basically. And, you know, what did Roman say other than being a little bit um, sarcastic about it? Say that was a lie. Right. You know what I, I mean? It felt like you were working on the truth. And that's what sell. And that's what, you know. <clears throat> We talk about AEW, you know, catering to their diehard audience and not being able to. Now, this will not only cater to them, but even the the, ca the more casual audience of a WWE will look at it and go, ooh, ooh, mm -hmm. boy, he took a hell of a shot at him there, you know, and referencing the other place. But it's because it's not referenced every week in, a, in, in an underhanded way. It meant more tonight. I was just teasing because I know that's no, what they say. About no, of AEW. course. No, but no, but it, it's a great point, though, because people say, you know, it, it, you know, it's one of the things that I critique about AEW is they reference the other guys a little bit too much. It's kind of like somebody bleeding. If you're bleeding mm -hmm. every week, then when you're busted open, it means less every week. Mm -hmm. So them referencing the other company made it mean that much more tonight i justin i want to give you free reign to to talk about this segment uh but also just we talk about cody being the next guy i feel like a lot of times people will throw out names and say this person could be the world champion this person could be the guy this person could be focused on i feel like what we're seeing now with, with what roman has done and how good cody rhodes has been like, no, this is really what being the guy looks like. And I feel like it's really made it easier to see there's definitely a difference between someone I like and who is very talented and someone who can be the guy. Yeah, I mean, every bit of protection and um, uh, like threshold has been met. Cody was able to avoid the audience being split 
by a possible Sami Zayn a la Daniel Bryan 2014 situation. Mm-hmm. He supported Sami and, 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 and he endorses Sami and Sami and KO getting the friendship. So Cody gets a little bit of a rub for helping facilitate that. John Cena, when he was on Raw a few weeks ago when they were in Boston, John Cena passes a little bit of a babyface torch to Cody and a hug and an embrace of the stage. No harm done there. Now John Cena tells you Cody's the guy. But all the while they're telling us this and people aren't it's not the they're not rejecting. They're 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 like it's almost like the audience it's almost like the audience recognizes John Cena's just a step away from retirement, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have any other baby face on that level. It's almost like they're being told by Cena and by all their heroes, Cody's your guy. Just embrace him. Don't be afraid. And the crowd is. Tonight, uh, you know, uh, in addition to all the things I just said, you know, we, the promo exchange was great, and the crowd was chanting for Cody. They're there. And and, and that's, why, that's why, you know, we had that super chat way earlier in the podcast that was being presumptuous that Roman's going to win. And I said, no, I think Cody's going to win this because I think I, I think and I hope that the powers to be recognized. You have somebody who the people believe in who's never been world champion before. Sh- could be world champion and break this thousand day streak and it's it's going to be OK and they'll they'll hang on to it. Um, tonight was the final piece of the puzzle, which was Cody got into the mind of Roman. Roman sold it the facials. Roman started to doubt himself when Cody started to forecast what life's going to look like when the tribal chief is no longer champion. You said it. Uh, you said it referencing what he said. Yeah. A, ch- a chief without a tribe. That scared Roman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was all sold tonight. So it's 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 there. They they have their next baby face world champion. I'm not saying Cody Rhodes is going to be the next John Cena, because Cena's arguably on the Mount Rushmore. But eventually, a heel champion. It, it's no different than the Undertaker streak. Mm-hmm. Should Brock have been the one to break the streak? Big debate to to this day. Even Taker admits that. Yeah. But the streak should have been broken at some point because in wrestling, you do the job to, 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 to hand on to the next generation. It, pro wrestling is kind of like building up equity. Mm-hmm. It's like building up uh, an inheritance account. What good is it that you build it up if you don't pass it on and sign it off to somebody else? Mm-hmm. So Roman's done all this work for this thousand days and what have you. What good is it if he if he never loses or if he if he's held on for it for so long that by the time he loses it, the person he loses it to nobody really cares about. Right. If everybody's now caring about Cody and Roman's ready to let that inheritance it, that could do wonders. That could be Cody could be the guy that carries the company for the next couple of years. So it, it, it's time. But bottom line, this segment was exactly what it needed to be. It, 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 it showed that Cody is in Roman Reigns' head and he is doubting the head of this mafia that all of your support system is going to collapse when I pin you one, two, three. Jimmy, what I mm-hmm. I, I, I thought, Justin, great. I, I love everything mm-hmm. you just said. And Jimmy, what I was watching as these, I was watching these two guys have this conversation and something I noticed that makes these guys such perfect 
rivals for this situation is of course that you know family famous families mm -hmm. different ways of getting there but i've noticed that roman is constantly you know lie, lying gaslighting trying to get everyone to believe certain things about him cody every step of the way admits hard truths and he confesses mm -hmm. things and he's like mm -hmm. hey i'm not perfect i did do bad things did go wrong i did fail here where Roman is the one that's lying. I think Justin's point about finally getting in his head is Roman's realizing all my line isn't going to work on this guy because he's not mm. hiding behind anything. He doesn't have anything to lose in this case. And I think it's just mm -hmm. a, a really, really great story that I don't know if it's intentional or if it, mm. if it just uh, hap it's happenstance, but these two are just perfect rivals in that way. Yeah. And you said it perfectly. I couldn't say it any better. And again, it feels authentic. It feels genuine. The back and forth, uh, you know, the, the the choice of language they use even is mm -hmm. is very interesting, I find, too. So and, and you look at like you said, here's Cody blaming himself for all he has not accomplished yet in this business, whereas Roman Reigns for any uh, mishaps is looking for excuses to blame others. And that's one of the biggest, you know, that's, that was a nice uh, uh, touch that you put there. But like I said, though, everything feels authentic. These guys are just hammering it out of the park when they get in the ring together and they talk. And that whole segment with solo, uh, you know, had a little bit of physicality, but then they put an end. They didn't overdo it. Mm -hmm. They made you wanting more. And that's what it's all about. And now I'm looking forward to WrestleMania, uh, this match at least, because you know people are questioning. You can make a you can make any you know a case for either one coming out of WrestleMania with the title. But can you imagine the eruption when that you know? Yeah. If if not when I I want to say when, but if Cody, you know, manages to pin those shoulders down for three, it'll be amazing. I mean, it'll be a history-making moment. I'm excited and, for it. And also, for post, like you said, Justin, for post-mania season, lots of seeds have been planted. There are a lot of options with where they can go with the bloodline. It's not just, a, oh, this is a definite path. They could splinter off into different, you know. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. Places. I mean, if Jimmy and Jay have their own problem, let's say Cody wins. Let's say Roman takes some time off, right? Mm -hmm. And the Usos have their own things to work out. So then the Solo, who they've been very co conscious of protecting. Well, now all of a sudden you could have the wise man of Paul Heyman there counseling Solo. And Solo could be a challenger for Cody Rhodes for a premium love event. And all of a sudden Solo, who I don't think has been pinned on TV, he's been very well protected. He certainly has vengeance and reason for blood to go after Cody. Mm -hmm. now, now, all of a sudden, you have a viable, new, fresh challenger for Cody as your champion with Paul Heyman and Solo's corner doing the the talking. You have another, you have another week, another month's worth of programming and and build to a to a buy mm -hmm. um, of a main event. I mean, so it's 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 it, they they really they they have set themselves up really just it, it, this is. I hope they follow through. I hope I hope they don't do something that's going to like collapse all this because they have a lot of options right now, which is awesome. <laughs> they're going to raise the stakes next week and make it the cinnamon toast crunch main event. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> um, but we got a super chat from Andrew Ung saying, 
I'm a little confused by Roman looking like Papa Doc uh, in the eight miles mm. reference in the eight mile reference. Uh, but Solo versus Roman should be a banger at SummerSlam. Mm. So a little prediction of Roman versus Solo. Again, uh, there's like you said, there's like we've said, there's many options here. You never know. Yeah, because I, I think Jay is probably going to have the next crack at Roman mm -hmm. if uh, things go a certain way. But uh, just uh, they're knocking out of the park uh, each and every week. Uh, everyone in the chat, let me know what you thought of the show. Let's give it a, out of uh, out of 10. Let me see what you guys think. I thought the matches are starting to get a little obvious because we're I, Justin alluded to. We're kind of protecting people and like things are locked in place. So you can't really give stuff away. But their promos and the storytelling, I think, has been absolutely top notch. I love this episode. I'd give it an eight uh, just off the top of my head, uh, shooting from the hip. Justin, what do you think? I give it a 7.5, but I, I, it's not to be derogatory. It's just I, and I've said this for years. They know where they want to be for the go-home episode of Raw, which is next week. You know exactly where you want everything to be. The week prior to that, it's a little tricky. Some of your top-level stories, you don't want to touch anything because you, you're already you already where you want to be. You need to catch up to the other matches. You know, the, the, the Dom versus Ray, for example. We're doing double duty, and we're doing both a Monday night and we're going to do a Friday night segments to build it so uh yeah, 7.5 uh, between that and eight you know it, it, just because it wasn't a lot of things that moved me but it was just things that needed to happen but that's where we're at uh, on the road to mania but i i fully predict next week next monday when they are in the final raw it'll be guns a blazing uh yeah i i agree just uh jimmy what what say you uh yeah. any final final words no uh nothing more to be said those, those are great analogies and and that if if i'm giving out a number i'm probably in that same neighborhood that seven and a half ish neighborhood and again storylines progressed and that's the main thing and, and and we're less than two weeks from wrestlemania so you have to get people even more invested yes we know it's wrestlemania and people are going to tune in because it is wrestlemania but you want to give them more you know, reasons they tune in other than it's uh, the Super Bowl of pro wrestling or whatever the case may be. But uh, tonight was nice and, and looking forward to next Monday to see that go home. That's for yeah. sure. It's going to be a good one. We got a lot of good scores here as we wrap up. Everyone, please give us a like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, leave a little comment in there, share the show with your friends uh, in the chat. Mike Martin with an eight, giving the show an eight. We've got uh, Cindric saying eight as well. We got a seven from Huffman Elite Training. Uh, Mike Martin, 7.5. Rocky, 7.2. Uh, Goodfella, a nine. Baby Ice, seven, five. Ethan Cruz, seven. We got a six from Adam Staples, eight, five from Dylan. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming through the show. Dream Realm Studios, uh, Kite High, and uh, everyone else. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Before we head off, though, real quick, Justin, where can the world find you online? At Justin Labar across the socials. I'm back Wednesday night uh, with uh, Jimmy and Issa after Dynamite. Uh, Friday mornings on Channel 156 uh, on Sirius XM Radio uh, for Busted Open Spar with Labar. And then, yeah, um, you know, when we get to the crazy weekend, that will be April 1st, April 2nd, April 3rd, Mania Nights 1, 2, and then Raw. Uh, I'll, I, I'll be on all night. I think Jimmy will be on uh, unless he gets inducted. I'll be on with him every single <laughs> night. So... Make sure you guys are are, are tuned in because that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun weekend uh, to talk about all the things that are gonna unfold. Mm -hmm. 
Jimmy's going to ref the 24-7 Hall of Fame match between Ray and Dom, I think, oh. uh, as he accepts his award. But, uh, Jimmy, uh, where can the world find you and all the stuff you've got going on? Here on Mondays and Wednesday nights, and as Justin alluded to, the WrestleMania weekend, you will see find us here as well. And you can find me on all my social media platforms doing my ref and rants from Monday to Fridays, having a little fun critiquing, not tearing down, but wanting the business to be better. That's why I do it. And also now doing with my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner and RJ, the Reffing It Up podcast. We have a special guest this week, we, something we don't normally do, but uh, uh, there's a young a lady referee by the name of Scarlett Donovan that will mm-hmm. be joining us this week. So it's going to be very interesting. Scarlett is awesome. I've had the chance to work with her quite a bit here in Southern California, and you guys are going to love chatting with her. So everyone check out uh, that show as well, Reffing It Up, to listen to all that. Um, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. But speaking of Scarlett Donovan, we're going to be working together on March 30th for Santino Bros Presents California Love. It's going to be kicking off GCW's The Collective. It's a morning show. We're the opening act, baby. Uh, we're going first. So you can watch it on Fight TV. It's going to be live. I'm going to be on the call just yapping in your ear the whole time you're trying to enjoy the match. But uh, we got a lot of cool stuff there. So you're going to want to check it out. Uh, also make sure to follow at wrestling Inc across all social media, check it out for news, all the after shows, all that good stuff. Ricky says, what city it's in Los Angeles here, uh, here in California. It's at the Ukrainian center. If you're in the area where they're doing all the GCW shows, uh, mm-hmm. again, March 30th. Oh, wait. Oh, you'll be there. Oh, it's the LA it's, uh, it's LA. Uh, but yeah, come by, check it out if you're in the area. It'll be super fun to see you. If not, check it out on Fight TV. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you guys next time. And next time should be the After NXT show right here on Wrestling Inc. Bye.